You've heard me make this statement before. When we got into the church, uh, I know it's popular in American preaching, uh, Christianity, to teach and preach this uh, prosperity doctrine and this easy, cheesy walking through tulip fields and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that God will give you a bigger smile and whiten your teeth and you'll have a million dollars in your bank, all that kind of stuff. Uh, That's just simply not uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if the prosperity doctrine is true, anything that is true, truth transcends uh, uh, any any area. And so if it is a truth, then you could take that prosperity gospel and you can go to... um, the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. You can go into India, and you can go into Haiti, and so you should be able to take your prosperity doctrine and, and preach, and everyone should have a mansion in Haiti, and everyone should have a mansion in, uh, in uh, India. But that's just simply not the case, because Jesus didn't go around teaching uh, give, get more money uh, because, you know, you put uh, a, a double for your trouble, a triple for your ripple in the offering plate. That's not to teach against giving. That's not to teach against the principles of tithing and offering. And uh, you know that, that we've been through those uh, studies before. Uh, but at the same time, when we got into the church, and this is a statement I've made uh, numerous of times over the years, is when we got into the church, we didn't step onto a cruise ship. We stepped onto a battleship. Okay, that's not that we're teaching a, uh, a church militant, you know, radicalization Christianity where we're going to go and, uh, you know, have jihad for Jesus. That is not what I am stating. But the fact of the matter is that anytime you are making a step towards God, you are putting a bullseye, a target on your back for the adversary because he does not like when uh, those he has uh, controlled and had influence over now are leaving his jurisdiction and leaving his uh, uh, kingdom. And so the Bible says that we're going to face things. This isn't in your handout, but you can write this verse down if you like it later. And that's found in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. And Paul says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. And so you would want to do good, but you find yourself in a battle because our flesh, our, our body has an appetite. And the appetite of our body, the appetite of our humanity is contrary to the appetite of the kingdom of God. Paul said it like this. This is also is not in your handout, but you could write this verse down. And it's Romans chapter 7, verse 18. He says, he goes, um, in my flesh to say that is in me, there dwelleth no good thing in me dwells no good thing that is to say in my flesh so paul says look even though we want to rain accolades upon me just saying look my i'm just a man and my 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 uh, flesh is carnal but he talks about he has he has this battle between wanting to do right and wanting to do wicked and he says basically finding to do the goodwill he says i i find not how to do it or how to perform it Paul basically says there's, there's this nature inside of us that we want to do something good for God, but we find ourselves not doing it. And he says this amazing question, I, I want to find out how to perform that which is good. 
And so there's things we could study out in Scripture to find out how we can fulfill the purpose, the plan of God to live holy and acceptable unto him, which it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, you know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Body, physical, what you do physically in your body needs to be a living sacrifice unto God. And he goes on to say in verse 1 of Romans 12, let that it be holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God does not ask anything unreasonable of us to be able to live a life for him. And for God to call us to holiness, for him to, to require it, means we can aspire to it. God would not ask us to do something that he knows that we could not do, okay? Because if we would believe his word and follow his word, he can impute his righteousness unto us. And that's what, God, that's what happened with Abraham, and that's what happens to us as the heirs, the children, the offspring of the children of promise of Abraham. And so I, I have in that handout there uh, two portions of the scripture I want to walk through, and you can write some verses down, because I want to help you win the spiritual battle in prayer. And uh, I apologize, I don't have uh, bullet points and fill in the blanks here today. Uh, it's, been, it's been quite the whirlwind uh, the past few days as uh, everyone's taking turns being sick. It's phenomenal. And so anyways, uh, that's just part of life. The family that sticks together gets sick together. It's fantabulous. But we, uh, I do have the verses for us to go through, and we're going to jot some notes down, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. Paul says this, though you and I were walking in our flesh, okay, our body, we're walking in the flesh, our, our, we do not war after the flesh, or you cannot win the battle against the flesh with the flesh, okay? Yes, there's some moral disciplines you can practice in life in your flesh, but that's not how you win the battle. Okay, this is not a uh, my flesh. I'm going to defeat my flesh with positive thinking. I'm going to defeat my flesh with positive actions. That's that's trying to earn salvation by works. That is not how we do it. We win this battle spiritually, not physically. Okay, though we walk in the flesh, our battle's not necessarily against the flesh. Though our flesh has a, a, a terrible, evil appetite, and I, I'm not against uh, uh, institutions of like psychology and 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 all that kind of stuff though i think there's some very warped things that you could find in in psychiatrists and uh, psychology and things like that but uh, that's not an endorsement or a, a reprimand or anything like that um and but i am against anything that i i am I'm, I'm okay with someone trying to help someone emotionally mentally and counseling that's not bad and i'm not against 12-step programs I'm, I'm for anything that would try to get people on the right moral track but you can do everything uh, dot every I, cross every T. But if you are not full of the Holy Ghost and you don't have the baptism of the name of Jesus upon you, all you're doing is living a life of good works, what Jesus would call a whited sepulcher. Because the Pharisees, they had all these things figured out, you know, they displayed a lot of positive things, but they were empty inside. It's not enough for us just to be to, to be sober. Those so, sobriety is fantastic. It's powerful. It's awesome. God's calling us more than sobriety. God's calling us to follow his sovereignty. And so, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. This is a spiritual battle. Verse 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not physical, but mighty through God. If we're going to win, we're going to do it through Jesus Christ. We're going to do it through God Almighty. And God, here's what God can do that you and I cannot do. We, in ourselves, in our flesh, we cannot pull down the strongholds that we are up against, that we are facing. Now, you may break some sort of addiction through some pop psychology you may break some sort of a uh, 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 cycle in your life 
through just some discipline and, and willpower. But there's still the stronghold of sin that is in your life and you are not conquering the influence of Satan. And so we have to make sure that our weapons are spiritual, not carnal or not physical, not in our flesh. But when we start tapping into the spirit and we start learning to pray, we are tapping into something mighty, something powerful. We might be weak, but he is strong. Amen. And then we see here in verse five, here's the power of how you can win the spiritual battle. If you begin to pursue God spiritually, not just mentally, not just, you know, uh, intellectually and not just pursuing life, trying to overcome vices through your own natural means. But when you start pursuing God spiritually through prayer, you can take down strongholds. And here's how you take those strongholds. You can begin to cast down imaginations, the Bible says. And you can cast out every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are living in a world that is absolutely in opposition to any knowledge about Jesus Christ, to anything that is Christian, to anything that would say Ephesians 4 or 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. That is a very divisive statement that the church made in the book of Ephesians. As Paul spoke to the church, he said, there's only one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. People, oh, it doesn't matter what baptism. You can baptize this way, slice it, dice it, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. No, there's only one. It's singular. Jesus is the one that said in John 14, 6 through 9, he says, look, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one can get to God except through me. And he, uh, uh, no one can get to the Father but through me. And when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And, and the disciples are blown away saying, what? What do you mean? We've, you, you are the Father. You are God in Christ. And, and very divisive statements that we would uh, find in today's politically correct society. But if you're going to overcome the battle that you are up against going on in your mind and in your emotion and in your soul, it's only going to be done through God who is mighty. And this God called Jesus can pull down whatever opposition you are against. And when you begin to realize that and pursue God in that method, in that way, you can now begin to cast down imaginations and you can begin to say in the name of Jesus, everything that tries to rise up against you, God, I cast it down. And look at this. You could bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You've probably heard this uh, uh, statement, this adage, um, no doubt. It's, it's rather old, and, but it's like you can't, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. But you can stop them from building a nest there. You can't stop. There are birds all over the place flying above head. But if a bird happens to build a nest on your head, that's your fault. And so whatever, you can't stop the devil from doing what he's doing all over the world. We, we live in a sin-fallen world. There is evil. There's wickedness in high places. There's opposition all around. The influence, the corruption, the corrosion of sin. It is happening. This is what we live in. But you don't have to let that corrosion build on your head. You don't have to let the devil build a nest on your head. And you don't have to let your mind be the seat of Satan, the Bible says. You don't have have to let him sit there and have his throne there. And so when you begin to pray and begin to get spiritual in church, not just observational in church, not just occupational in church, but you actually get into what the church is trying to teach and promote, which is prayer and the word. And when you begin to do that, you can begin, as it says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
You may not be able to stop a, I, I think I made kind of a, a illustrated point. I don't remember if it was this last Sunday or a last week Bible study or whatever it was, but we were, I think it was maybe last week Bible studies. We we're talking about the, uh, one of the references between temptation and sin. Temptation is not a sin, but entertaining temptation, that is a sin. When, uh, uh, an, uh, say, an immodest, attractive woman would walk past me, there is a temptation there. Let's just say it's a bird flying. I can't stop. I can't make every woman dress, you know, modestly. I can't make everyone, you know, uh, look like this cookie-cut image. I can't do that. And so, because we live in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But if someone would uh, walk past me in a two-piece they're attractive. You know, there is that temptation I have seen. And so there it is. But now what I do, if I make a second look, that's entertaining the temptation. That is succumbing to the persuasion of the flesh. Okay. I can't stop that, but I can, when the moment the temptation happens, I mean, I, I could stop it giving into that temptation, but I can't stop the things, the activities of this world that cause that temptation. But when that temptation arises, this is the moment I get spiritual. And I say, all right, I have this thought, but I'm going to bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And in the name of Jesus, I refuse. I refuse in the name of Jesus to, to give into that temptation, to look that way. And in Jesus name, I bring that thought to the obedience of Christ. That's the power of prayer because there's not a single person in this room. That's not tempted. You're tempted by something. We may not be tempted by all the same things, but we all have temptation and whatever your temptation is, the Bible say that there, uh, and I, I can't remember. I don't have this jotted here. It's either in second Corinthians 10 or first Corinthians 10. And, uh, if someone has your Bible, you could open there with me. I'm just going to look for it because it's going to bother me if I don't give the right uh, portion of scripture here, but uh, it's Corinthians chapter 10 and, uh, uh, yeah. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says this in uh, verse 12 and 13. It says, look, let him that thinks he stands Take heed lest he fall. So you may, I got this all together. I'm not going to struggle. He said, no, no, no. That, that's arrogance is like the prerequisite to, to falling. When you start getting cocky, and that's like when most, when uh, most uh, people that go on uh, whatever, uh, whether it's drug dealing, whether it's serial killing or whatever, you know, at first they're very cautious, very secretive, but over time they start getting arrogant because they're getting away with it. And that's when they start leaving evidence and for the police detectives to find them, whatever. And so when we start saying, well, I got this, I'm not worried about it. You know, I've been clean for this long, no big deal. No, you take heed now that you are the most dangerous place when you think you're okay. He says, be careful lest you are going to fall. But look at verse 13. There is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But with the temptation, make a way to escape. And so whatever temptation comes your way, you God is making this, this provision called prayer. And you could come to, come to God in prayer and say, in the name of Jesus, I, I capture this thought. And I lock it away and I bring it into the obedience of Christ. I put I put this in Jesus's penitentiary, because if you don't put that thought into the jail system of Jesus, you're going to get put in the jail system of this world by succumbing to the flesh. You'll get put into the jail system of, of hell by succumbing to temptation and sin. But in the name of Jesus, let's put sin in its place instead of sin, putting you in what it's desiring to do in your life. Someone say amen. All right, all that to say this, we're in a spiritual battle, and this is where I want to get to. And I don't know if I'll finish through here at 737. I'm going to be done before 8 o'clock, uh, whether we get through this or not, okay? 
Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, familiar portion of Scripture. It's there in your uh, uh, handout, verses 10 through 20. And I want, I want you, this is my, my encouragement to you. As I talk about this, you know, jot some notes down there if you want. But I want you to reference this portion of Scripture in prayer, okay? Because Paul addresses the issue in the hour in which we are living. He goes, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Remember, mighty through God. We're mighty through God. Okay, by yourself, you're going to fail. I don't care how talented you are, how amazing you are. By yourself, you will fail. But here's how we win through the power of his might. We put on the whole armor of God, not just like one or two pieces of armor. Let's put on the whole armor of God. You don't, as, as a hockey player, you don't go out on the ice rink with one ice skate. You don't go out there with half a hockey stick. Now, I know some of me go out there without a face mask, and that's, you know, there's uh, some loss that comes from that, you know, and so... When we go out onto the, the field of performance spiritually, you don't want to go out with one skate or no skates. You don't want to go out without a hockey stick. You could have the helmet in the, the ice rink. You could have all the shoulder pads on in the ice rink. You could have, you know, uh, your pants pulled up and tied tight. You could have your ice skate on. But what good are you going to be out on that ice rink without your skates? Every element, every piece of equipment that those hockey players wear is pertinent. It's imperative. It's essential to be in performance at your optimal level out on that ice rink, okay? Same thing spiritually. When you go out into this atmosphere, this world, you are stepping out onto a battleground. You don't want to go out with your ice skates. You don't want to go out without your hockey stick, okay? And so we're going to go through pieces of armor. And this is what Paul says. Make sure you put all of it on so you can stand against the wiles or the traps, the snares of the devil. The devil, he's not always there, but he lays traps for people because the devil cannot be at all times at all places. And that's, this is the personal uh, persuasion or opinion you have. Uh, one of the reasons we may not see demonic uh, demonstration and demon possession in the United States like we do overseas is because the devil works a lot through the technological advancements of our society where he doesn't have to be at all times at all places because all times all places seem to have to access to the internet and to, to uh, a cable or whatever and he doesn't need to do anything while we just sit there and feed our carnal appetite we're sitting there watching pornography we're sitting there listening to cussing we're sitting there listening and watching murder and things like that like he, the devil doesn't even need to do anything because we're just feeding our appetite so he doesn't even need to do anything and so what we need to do is watch out for whatever traps he has and when you're suited up just like these rennick uh uh i can't think of the word but uh, like special forces when they go out into the darkness they're not going out there without their night vision they have everything at their disposal so and they have they don't just have the peep foot on the ground they have the aerial force that has taken radar and surveillance of the field they're going out to so they could see and they can sense where traps are and they got their night vision on and they can see all around them they're the 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 united states army the the the, the forces of this country have given everything possible to our army so they could be successful when they go out there. God has given everything you need. All you got to do is put it on. Put it on. And so when you step out there, you could see that booby trap. You could see, you know, that, 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 that snare the devil has laid out for you because you got night vision. Because you got an aerial force that's giving you oversight and saying, okay, about 100 yards out, you don't want to go there. Okay, 50 yards out, you got this opposition. Okay, let's set. Does that make sense? All right. Not that I'm some like army strategic expert, but I think we're getting the point here. 
So use everything that is at your disposal. And so he's going to give us some insight here. Verse 12. Again, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Our, our, our battle is against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. You are fighting a legit enemy that's been doing this a long time. No matter how smart we think you are, we are, he, he's been doing this a long time. He's been observing the behaviors of our flesh ever since the dawn of man, okay? And so that we have a formidable foe. Verse 13. So here he goes, the whole armor of God. Take on the whole armor of God. Why? So you can withstand in the evil day. We're living in the evil day, right? And having done all to stand, here he goes. Let's talk about the armor. You're, you're doing everything you can, but now let's suit up. And let's get to business. Let's get to work. We are in a spiritual battle, and you can win. And this is what I want you to do in prayer, okay? Verses 14 on down. This is how I want you to think about praying when you pray. When you start out your morning, this would be a perfect way to pray in the morning. When you wake up, say, God, I know I live in a crazy world. It's a battlefield. And so, Lord, I want to have my loins girt about with truth. Or just think of it this way. I want to I have my belt on of truth. The belt is what's going to hold up that sword, okay? And we'll get to that in a moment. And, and, and when your belt and your pants are tied on tight, you could go for a run. You, could, you don't have to worry about, you know, pants on the ground like this world with this sagginess going on everywhere, okay? You, you're belted up. You're ready to go. But listen, the belt of truth. You have to start off this prayer and your walk in truth. What good is suiting up and you're suiting up in error. You're suiting up in false doctrine. You're suiting up in opinion. I don't want to go to battle with an opinion. I don't want to go to a battle with a lie. I want to go into battle with truth, the truth. And so pray, God, I want truth to hold me up. I want truth to be the thing that helps me to be effective and to cover territory and to be able to run quickly. God, give me a love for the truth. I pray in the name of Jesus, I wear the belt of truth today. God, I pray nothing uh, uh, deceitful would be in my heart. I pray there's no lies in my life. I pray I don't give in to false doctrine. God, I want to love truth, okay? So that, I want you to start off your prayer like that. God, today, I want to live for truth. I want to stand for truth. I want to walk in truth. I want to love truth. Those are some ideas of how you could pray. You could write those down, or you could just stare at me like I'm weird. Next, he goes on like this. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. So he says, after I'm going to start this off and be dedicated to the truth, I'm going to cover my heart with God's righteousness. I need, I need, the, the, the breastplate, that shield, that armament that would be on their chest would cover those vital organs. You know, what, what, good is, what, what good is it to go out there with truth and you're not even protecting your heart and you're not even protecting, you know, your lungs. And so begin to pray, God, I want your righteousness. The word righteousness, just put it, think of it like this, that which is right. God, I want that which is right to cover my heart. I want that which is right to be in my heart. God, cover my heart. God, I pray there's nothing unclean in my heart. Let your righteousness be on my heart. Not un- I don't want unrighteousness in my life. Begin to empty your heart and say, God, I want you to cover my heart. I want you to be the breath in my lungs. I want you to, be, I want you to cover me, Lord, with everything that is right. And then we go on reading here. Next piece of armament is your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel peace. Or literally, you know, have your laces tied. Be ready. Be ready. You know, when, 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 when's the last time you were maybe uh, you observed a, a, a sports game and you, you, you saw a professional athlete and, you know, the, the coach grabs him by the face mask. All right, get out there. And he's like, oh. 
you know, he's ready to go. He's already laced up. And that's what we need to be. When we step out the door, we should already be laced up and ready to go. And what we should be ready to go with is understanding every step I take, I am the vehicle. I am the vessel, the conduit which God wants to choose to bring this gospel wherever I go in peace. This gospel, though it causes some division with people, ultimately this gospel brings peace to those who receive it. And so every step, say, in the name of Jesus, I want my day, I want my life to reflect the gospel. I want to bring the gospel to somebody. I want to invite someone to church. God, help me today as I wake up and I put on this belt of truth and I want to love this truth. And God, I pray you cover my heart with your righteousness today, Lord. The devil's going to try to attack me, but Lord, I want that which is right on my heart. And God, I'm going to go out of my house today ready to bring the gospel, ready to walk and be a representative of the gospel. My behavior everywhere I go, I'm going to let people notice there's something different about me. I don't talk like they talk. I don't act like they act. I don't listen to what they listen to. I don't watch what they watch. God, I am going to display the gospel. And then we read this in verse 16. Above all, this, that means this is kind of important. All right. Above all, take the shield of faith because that shield is going to help you to quench or absorb every fiery arrow of the wicked. The enemy is shooting at us. And so you need that shield and that shield is called faith. And so when you pray, as you're ready to go, you got truth, you got God's covering your heart and you're about to walk with the gospel. If you're, you already starting off on that foot, God, the, the enemy's going to attack you because what you have to bring, I have truth. I have that which is righteous, and I have that which is the gospel, the saving gospel peace. And as you go out and step outside, the devil's like, okay, I'm going to mess with him today. And so you better have your faith up. And to have your faith up, here's some verses you could write, uh, write down. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 17. We're not going to read through all of them. But the, the Bible talks on uh, about, you know, uh, believing in Jesus. It says, how can they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? As it is written, uh, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then at the end it says, faith comes by hearing. Verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So if you want to build up your faith, the word of God, the preached word of God will build your faith. Here's another one you can write down that will help you. Jude one twenty. Jude one twenty says this, but beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so when you begin to pray in the spirit daily, that builds your faith. When you never pray, your faith is low. And when you never come to when you never uh, 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 listen to the word of God and you never come to the house of God, your faith is going to be low. It's going to be struggle. But when we come and hear the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And the word is brought by the preacher. And then in your home, you open the word and you're reading it. That inspires, that builds faith. And when you pray in the spirit, it builds faith. So begin to pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to walk forward today. God, I pray you give me an increased measure of faith. Build my faith, God. Increase my faith, God. And Lord, whatever the enemy comes at me today, I believe by faith I could do this. I could do all things through Christ that strengthens me. All right, next, verse 17. We're just about done. This one's very, you could spend a lot of time praying this one. All of these you could spend a lot of time, but really this one, the helmet of salvation. When I see the word salvation, my ears perk up. I'm kind of like, okay, I better pay attention. Okay, so it's interesting. He didn't say the, 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 the shoes of salvation. He didn't say the belt of salvation. He didn't say the shield of salvation. He said the helmet of salvation. You know why? A lot of the things that, we cause that causes us to sin happen right here. 
the things we think, the things we say, the things we watch, the things we listen. So much happens right up here. We better make sure our hearts and our, 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 our minds and our ears and our eyes and our, our lips are on guard. And I begin, this is how I pray when I pray. It's God, I put on the helmet of salvation today. I, 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 I want to have the mind of Christ. I pray, Lord, that I have godly thoughts. And, Lord, if there is a lustful thought, if there's a deceitful thought, if there's a hateful thought that goes through my mind, I bring it into captivity into the obedience of Christ in Jesus' name. Give me the mind of Christ. Help me to think like you, Jesus. Give me God thoughts. Give me God ideas. Give me God inspiration. Give me pure thoughts. And here's a verse you can write down. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. It's a great portion of Scripture. But verse 8 says this. And what Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay? And so begin, and when you put on that helmet of salvation, think of good things, think of holy things, think of pure things. Begin to pray. And what is going through your mind is going to help you. And then I pray this over my eyes. God, I pray that, Lord, I don't set any wicked thing before my eyes. Psalm 101 is a fantastic prayer to pray. Psalm 101. It's a fantastic, it's a short psalm. But he begins to say, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A a forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. He begins to pray this. That's how we should pray over a day. God, guard my eyes. I don't want to set anything wicked before my eyes. Here's another great verse you can write about your eyes. Job 31, uh, uh, in verse 1, it says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid to lust after her? Begin to pray, God, guard my eyes. I don't want to set anything wicked before my eyes. But then also, also pray this, not just that God would prevent you and protect you from wicked things, but begin to pray, God, take the scales off my eyes so I can see what's going on in the spirit. God, open my eyes to see souls. Open my eyes to see the harvest. God, open my eyes. I need a vision for the things of God, for without a vision, the people perish. God, help me to see in the spirit. Help me to see what you're doing. And then begin to pray for yours. God, my, my ear is not a trash can. I'm not going to let people dump garbage into my ears. I'm not going to let people dump gossip into my ears. I'm not going to let people dump perverse language in my ears. God, I'm not going to let cursing go into my ear. I don't want to hear that, God. I don't want to hear lies. I don't want to hear gossip. I don't want to hear hate. God, I pray, open my ears to hear your voice. God, help my ears to be sensitive to what you're saying. The helmet of salvation. That's what goes over your head. And then to begin to pray for this mouth. James chapter 3 is a powerful portion of scripture that talks about our tongue that is an unruly member, full of deadly poison, and it's, it's set on fire of hell. Begin to pray, God, bridle my tongue. God, I need you to tame my tongue. I don't want anything wicked to come out of my mouth. I don't want anything evil to come out of my mouth. I want to speak life. I want to speak hope. I want to be a Christian representation with the words that come out of my mouth. I I want, Lord, peace to come out of my mouth. I want love, and I want your words to fill my mouth. Begin to pray for that. And you see how you could easily spend a lot of time there? Easily. Just by going each member of your head. And you could, we probably all can nod our head and be like, yep, my head's got me in trouble quite a bit. The things I've looked at, the things I've listened to, the things I've said, the things I've thought. And so it's very important that we pray over our minds and our, our, our heads with the helmet of salvation. All right. And, uh, uh, and this last one here, verse 17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You need to be in the word of God. If you don't read your Bible daily, you need to. Uh, you know, if you're suffering from truth decay, brush up on your Bible daily. All right. This 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 book right here is is our offense. 
It is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The more of this word you get into you, whatever attack comes your way, you could go against the devil with the word. You can read the first uh, 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 number of verses in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. You know what the devil starts combating Jesus with? The word. And you know how Jesus fights back the devil? With the word. The devil starts saying something, and Jesus says, it is written. The devil says something else, and Jesus says, it is written. The devil says something else, and Jesus says, it is written. He didn't say, well, this is my opinion. This is how I feel about it. No, he says, it is written. It is written. It is written. And so you can attack whatever comes against you with the word of God. And so how I pray, whatever I'm up against or whatever I'm feeling, I'll find portions of Scripture, and I'll begin to read those, and I'll pray those out loud. I'll begin, if I feel like the enemy's overwhelming me and attacking me, I'll begin to read Isaiah, and, and, and it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. When I feel there's something great against me, I'll read First John 4, 4, and I'll read it over and over again. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I just, I just quote the word. Matthew chapter 6, when hell's attacking me, I say, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against me. The gates of hell will not prevail against me. I'm a part of the church. The church is going to win. So you could, that's what happens when you got the word in you. You could pray that, and you can find yourself on the offense instead of always on the defense. All right, five more minutes. I'm done. The last three verses, verse 18. So all that we just read, pray this always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watch there into with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It's, it's, it's nice. A lot of us, this is making sense. We're not on our heads. This feels good. But just this singular moment is not going to take care of business. you got to start doing this in your home in the morning when you wake up. Because remember, you're stepping out onto the battlefield. So why do you want to run outside without any armor? And why would you run outside with some armor but without any defense? Or why would you run outside with defense but no offense? Have the whole armor of God so you could win the battle you are in. And it's one through prayer. Does he say pray some days on verse 18 up here? No, he says pray always. Or you can say pray all days. Every day pray with all prayer, supplication in the spirit. Verse 19, and for me, and he says, you know, God, he starts, you know, asking prayer for himself. He says, I, I, I pray, God, that you would give me the ability to speak, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Because we can feel intimidated, awkward, embarrassed about sharing what we believe. Begin to pray for boldness. God, give me boldness. I, I believe it's uh, either Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 1 or Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. And it says, the righteous are bold as a lion. And just begin, in Jesus' name. God, I pray you give me a boldness like a lion. And he says in verse 20, I'm an ambassador in bonds. There, and I want to speak boldly as I ought to speak. We ought to be proud about what we believe. That's not arrogance, but, you know, you just be, you, you're, you're thankful and you're persuaded about what you believe. And we should have a boldness about us. And, you know, what? I'm not ashamed about this. The world ain't ashamed. And they, they have parades for every immoral act to, to, to celebrate and, and, and prop up. And they make TV shows about, you know, the certain sins. And they, they prop that up and, and celebrate it. Oh, how cute, how fun. Teen mom, oh, isn't that? No, no, no. We, if the world's not embarrassed about, you know, lifting that up, we ought not to be embarrassed about morality. We shouldn't be embarrassed about spirituality. We shouldn't be embarrassed about this truth. We shouldn't be embarrassed that Jesus transformed my life, saved me, put my marriage together, that God raised up my kids. We shouldn't be embarrassed about anything that Jesus Christ has given us. Amen? Let's stand together. So 
I want to encourage you to pray this. That is how you're going to win the spiritual battle. You're in a battle. Suit up. And start off your day in prayer. If you don't, and if you forget how we just went through all this, you could listen to this online, gschurchsd.org, and and open your Bible. Have this portion of scripture I handed out to you, and begin to pray through those verses. And be like, all right, God, I I struggle with my my head. I definitely struggle with my head. God, I pray this helmet of salvation on my head. Guard my mind. God, guard my ears. Guard my eyes. And pray in depth and in detail. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. And I thank you, Lord, that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though that we are out on a battlefield, you did not leave us to ourselves. God, you put the whole armor there at our disposal for us to put on. Lord, you said we could pick up that belt of truth and that breastplate of righteousness, God, that we could have our shoes laced up with the gospel of peace. And Lord, that we could pick up a shield of faith and whatever the devil throws at us, we can absorb it and we could take it. And God, you've given us that helmet of salvation, Lord, that to protect our minds and our eyes and our ears and our mouth and you've given us your word god to be able to take down the kingdom of satan that would try to oppose us and try to overtake us help us lord to use what you've given us lord and if we don't use it we'll lose it i want to take the whole armor of god and i want to be victorious in my daily battle in jesus name amen god bless you dismiss in jesus name thank you for coming to bible study